Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Lane, and once again, I have a, another segment of trade negotiations. And if you've been following this podcast at all, you know that I am stuck on chew. So here we are with volume number five, John Laneman and Rob Guillory, Major League Chew. So you kind of get an idea right off the bat based on the baseballage that, well, and the pun. Gotta love the pun, especially if you're a 90s kid. Sure, let's get on with it. Uh, the first chapter. The first chapter, I would actually say, is very simple. But it sets up the next four chapters brilliantly. We see uh, Appleby, who is the boss, who hates Tony so much. From the beginning, we know that. And for the last, almost the entire volume... His entire presence was essentially just on the phone trying to get Tony either chewed, killed, or uh, transferred. Sure. He's happy. He's whistling Dixie, and today's the day, today's the day. And he sees Tony, and you're fired. And gives him the old Donald Trump. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. And Tony's like, well, what did I do? He's like, well, I guess you're not really fired. I just got you transferred. Where did I get transferred to? Traffic. Well, that sucks. You know, you go from being FDA, which is the shit, to traffic, which is, according to this, the lowest of the low. Sure. He's not so happy about it, but Colby, Chu's partner, is also on the chopping block. And he was like, hey, but remember when, you know, like, shacked up there, boss? We, we cool, right? No, you're fired, too. Where am I going, secret file? We'll find out later. We'll find out in Chapter 3, actually. And that's really the last time we see Colby, until Chapter 3. But in the meantime, Tony's just, he's a beat cop, he's writing a ticket, and he, uh... He sees these old punk kids, and they got this, they're all underage, and they got beer, and I love how all the cases are like, layman, oh shit, what are they? Fucking, uh, <laughs> there are so many amazing and hilarious, I say this constantly throughout all five volumes now, all of the nods and funny little, if you just look, just a, pay just a little, just that much more attention. You'll, you, you just notice so many things and all the weird writing and everything. Not weird writing, but all, all the stuff that you could tell is handwritten. 
you could tell is, is it's it's all a joke, and I love it. So the all the cases of liquor, it's lame and hooch, lame and liquor, lame and booze, lame and uh, it's X. I'm assuming it's XXX. But the other things like the kids, the the punk kids shirt, like it says "cluck you," but there's a point where the way it's drawn, where he's pointing his finger, his fingers are covering the C and the L, so it just says "uck you." It's it's fucking brilliant. It, 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 you don't get that type of... It's, it's, it's like somebody directed this. It's so much more than just being written and illustrated. It's like they had a, a professional come in and say, Okay, give me the story. Now I'm going to direct it to where it's the funniest thing possible. And I'll be fucking damned if this isn't happening. And this has been happening. This isn't anything new. But if you're just turning in now for whatever reason, go back and read. or read. Yes, absolutely read. Then listen to the other podcasts as well. I'm covering all this, son of a bitch. So anyways, the the, the Chew and the kids are going back and forth, and the kids take off, and then uh, this car speeds by, and Chew's like, i got to follow that car. Well, it turns out that car's on its way to a robbery. So when Chew gets there, he, like, sops up some of the oil, and then tastes it, because, you know, that's what this whole fucking book's about. He's a cyberpath. And he's able to know exactly where to go, where, where the car was oiled up, and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, essentially, he goes in, and he goes in undercover, uh, undercover as a traffic cop. He's like, oh, there's this uh, little scooter parked out front. Is that one of your guys's? And the guys on the inside, the robbers, like, oh, no, he don't know shit. Let's open the door. And then, Frieza! It's a big old bust, and, yeah, Tony is suddenly happy, seemingly. I mean, it's... He even comes home to Amelia, and she's like, how was your day at work? And he was like, you know, I... Fucking, I thought I'd be hating this job. Turns out, it's not so bad. I think I like my job. And then the last page shows the next day, and it just shows him getting the shit beat out of him. Foreshadowing much? Dog. <laughs> what? It was real quick and fast. It's a very quick first chapter, and at first you might be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. But after, now that I've read through and I know what's happening in the next four chapters, the the reading the first chapter again is just... Ah, it's so much more redeeming. It's so funny. Fucking taking down all these fuckers with a taser gun and... Oh, it's so good. Chapter 2. Well, we know that uh, Agent Valenzano is kind of a double agent. He's working with Savoy, and he's also a member of the FDA. And if you've been following this book, you know that Savoy and Valenzano have kidnapped Olive, Chu's daughter, under the suspicion... And premise that she is also a cybopath. Very useful, yeah. And Savoy's like, oh, we could train this little girl and make her super cool. And maybe she'll be better than the greatest cybopath we've ever known. Her daddy. Well. Where they take this arc from here is... Holy shit. All of the shit. And they, oh man. So, essentially, Savoy's like, eat this, eat this, eat this. And he's feeding her all this shit, and she's like, I ain't doing shit. And she's just being a teenage brat. But, I mean, for the best. And, uh, so she's, uh, the fact is that she's refusing. It comes down to, um, Valenzano, he walks in, and he's like, uh, have some coffee, Savoy. 
you look tired from trying to from getting shut down by this kid and he's like uh, no coffee and he's like no you, you need some of this coffee on account uh, i need you to tell me what's up with this coffee so he takes a drink of the coffee and he's explaining everything about it as a cyberpath does but he seems that there's something missing and they get him all before that you see valenzano and uh his his new partner uh what the fuck is his name <laughs> honestly uh, Voorhees is what it is. He he pretty much took over the place of Tony Chu, and he's he's very dull, extremely dull. As a matter of fact, he's the dullest character in this book, but purposely. But I mean, it's completely on purpose. That's how he's written. And he takes a bite of something, and he's like, "Oh, corn syrup and saturated fat and riboflavin," and you know, blah, blah. you get the point. The fact is, he's breaking down ingredients and stuff. So, it's got to be some sort of power. They don't necessarily say, oh, this is what his power is. And even the, there's a point in the book where he gets handed a gun, and he breaks down every aspect of the gun. He's like, 22 caliber. So, he's just, I don't, I don't know what you call that power. It doesn't necessarily pertain to food, I guess. He's just fucking obnoxious. He's like a, uh, he's like an energy vampire. <laughs> so... What's going on here is Valenzano, like I said, he's playing a double agent, and he's on all these, he's going through all these cases being an agent, and meanwhile he's shutting down all these calls from Tony. Tony is like, hey dude, I hear my daughter's missing, and I could use your database because it's better than the traffic cop, da- traffic cop, <laughs> traffic cop database, and help a homie out, because on account of, you know, I'm pretty sure we cool, right? And he doesn't know that Valenzano kidnapped his daughter. Well, that's a whole... Right there, That's look at all that twist. All that fucking twist. Oh, man. This is like... Ugh, fuck, I can't, I can't praise this book enough. Eisner, a winner for a, a fucking a reason. Anyways, so they go back to the barista, because, you know, the coffee and all that. They go to the barista, and you realize that this barista has some motherfucking powers, too. Uh, eventually Olive will explain that, but I'll get to that in more detail once we get to that part of the book. What's happening here is you see as the FDA is approaching, you see in the coffee cups, the, the foam makes out words. And it says FDA with arrows pointing at Voorhees and Valenzano. So at first, my first thought was, oh, that's kind of funny how, you know, it's, it's a funny way to do that. And you realize that's a, that's a whole aspect of the, whatever this barista is doing. He's putting messages in this foam. And because, uh, however, the, the chemical or something, I, I, I can't quite explain it, but the fact is, is that that's what's making it impossible for Savoy to pinpoint everything about this coffee as far as being, you know, a typical cybopath because the foam evaporates as one side. Again, Olive will explain later on. Olive's the shit. We'll get, uh, I'll explain that later on. So... Barista attack, essentially. What it comes, uh, I'm, I'm questioning stuff and oh, popo and robberies and money and blah. And he throws his hot pot of coffee and it's this big old brawl. And essentially, you know, eventually, obviously, you know, Valenzano makes it out because that was all what happened before. Um, did I say that right? It, the, the the way this story goes back and forth, it's brilliant. I have a hard time going. It's uh, I might miss stuff, so apologize. Read the fucking books for yourself. Anyways, um, 
So then we go back to present time, and this is where Olive comes in. She's like, oh, I'll tell you what, give me the coffee. I'll figure this shit out. And Savoy's like, ooh, she's going to play ball. Have her take a drink. She's like, nah, nah. She holds it up to her nose and takes a big old sniff. She doesn't snort it. She takes a big old sniff, and you realize she's got sniffing ability. She's a much more powerful cybopath than anybody imagined. Just as Savoy imagined. <laughs> that was weird. But, uh, yeah, it's true. And, it, oh, man. It's, she's able to explain a lot more. And then we go back to Tony. Because where the fuck has Tony been? He's out being a beep cop. And remember how on that one time he got beat up at the last at the end of the last chapter? Well, now we're going to that point where he gets the shit beat out of him. He's on the phone. Uh, Valenzano. Oh, actually, let me back up for a second. It gets even creepier. As Olive's explaining all of this shit, Chu actually calls Valenzano, and Savoy's like, answer it. And he's like, but what? And he's like, Olive ain't gonna say shit, watch. As he holds his giant paw over her face so she can't. And he's like, you just see what he knows. See, see how much of his trail he's on. Of ours. And, well, it fucking makes sense. You know, these guys are detectives. Or at least Savoy was an ex-detective. The best the FDA had to offer. But anyways, pretty much just throws Tony off the trail. But as he's on the phone, it hangs up because we get that moment where he gets the shit kicked out of him. And originally you might have thought at the end of that first chapter, was like, oh, he's just fucking traffic cops getting bullied. No. This motherfucker, uh, he, we, he knows him. He knows the guy that fucks him up. It's his girlfriend's ex who still works with his girlfriend, the, the sports writer. Well, he beats the shit out of Tony, kidnap, bam. That's what's going on, and he explains, well, I wanted to write a uh, baseball sex book. Yeah, that sunk in for a second. <laughs> so apparently in this, in this universe, baseball players have all of the sex, all of the, the weirdest and wildest and most talked about sex. And when Amelia broke up with old Dan here, the the ex-sports writer, baseball player, he, all of his sexiness stopped. And he couldn't finish his book because he had this whole aspiration. He was going to write this big old sex book. And he was, yeah, going to sell a trillion copies. And, yeah, I think I got all the points out there. Fact is, fail. It doesn't happen because he goes into a depression because Amelia finds Tony. And, but frankly, it's not just because she finds Tony. It's because she's fucking bored of shit of Dan constantly talking about his baseball sex book. Well, why does he kidnap Tony? We'll find out later. Uh, originally, when I when I thought, I was like, oh shit, this is weird. Sex, eating, what 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 does he want out of this? And it, it went in a different direction than my mind went. And I'm good, because this could have gone super fucking weird real quick. And not that this doesn't go weird, but it could have gone... Ugh. <laughs> my bad. Well, here we are, chapter three, and like I said, we were going to find out what the fuck Colby's doing, Agent Colby, who got his secret transfer, he's working for the USDA, which is the other, uh, FDA, as you will, so once again, it's, I, I imagine it would be like the FBI and the CIA, th those magnitude level of the, well, uh, one thing we have to keep in mind why was 
And I had to stop and think, why was all, why is all of a sudden Applebee able to, after trying so hard to get Colby and Chu transferred, Tony transferred, why all of a sudden does this happen? And in the last issue, we realized we get all the cra crazy alien writing in the sky, and that's all gone now, but the fact is, is it took all the attention away from uh, the government's uh, manhunt on the chicken virus. So when there's no chicken virus to go after and all the, the funds are going towards searching for aliens, it makes it a lot easier for someone to kind of run a skeleton crew with the FDA, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I, it, it dawned on me. Uh, well, I, I think at some point through this chapter, but just in case I skip it over, I want to make sure I, I bring all that up. So... Let's talk about Kobe for a second. He's got a cyborg lion partner named Buttercup. Not super stoked on Buttercup, because, I mean, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. The first shot is the cyborg lion, Buttercup, taking this squat in this teeny tiny fucking little... Oh, man. Uh, uh, what do they call it? A uh, litter... litter... Litter pan. I don't know. I don't have cats. One of those things. A cat pooper. <laughs> and so tiny, and the lion's so big. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. Anyway, uh, well, uh, Kobe doesn't have the, the same type of boss that uh, uh, Tony ended up getting. I, I guess I did forget to mention that Tony's new boss, back at the traffic division, is just a super fan. So happy. So just, ah, I love you, Tony. Well, Kobe went pretty much lateral with his bosses, and he gets this old grumpy bitch named uh, uh, Director Pena. And I like how it's P-E-N-Y-A. It's it's too many yays. Nyanyas. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know linguistics. But uh, I know a little bit of Spanish, and I know there's no Y right after Nyanye. So... Fuck, dude, this, I can't even get through this book because it's making me giggle even for the third time reading it through. I'm gonna pour a fucking beer. So, they, uh, you're, you're, you're getting the back and forth and the, the dynamics between the new, um, director and Colby. And you immediately realize that it's not going to be the ideal atmosphere. And he doesn't have the right partner and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was stalling as I was pouring. I was doing a bad job there. So, then we go back over to Tony. And, as we all know, he's tied up. It's Dan, the ex. And he's shoving body parts into his face. These are the body parts of baseball players. Things starting to make a little bit more sense. Baseball players have all the good sex. Tony eats the baseball players. Tony gets to tell all of the good sex stories in vivid detail so that Dan can write them all down and become an Oprah bookseller. Well, uh, so, <laughs> this is, it's disgusting. Poor Tony. And really, he just goes through just so much fucking torture throughout all of this. But Tony kind of gets his due, too. <laughs> he doesn't give, I mean, why would he, what, what compels him to make him think that he has to give all of the details. He could just make his own shit up. 
And then he does. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, the two nuns in the polka dot dress and the blah, blah, blah. And he just, I don't know. I know there was definitely a something he made up that had to do with nuns. More than one. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. So, that's what's going on there. That explains that a bit more. But meanwhile, throughout all of it, he's just getting the fucking shit kicked out of him. And then we go back over to Kobe and the lion, Buttercup. And they got their first case. They're over at the copycat. And it's a, uh, like a FedEx Kinko's. It's a copy joint. They make copies. Well, they're in there on account of some counterfeit monies. And these monies are hard to track down because they disappear. Because they dissolve after a few days. And they realize it's vegetable-based. And the the copy guy's like, well, man, what makes you think you, you know, we need everything to do with it? They're like, well, on account of the vegetables that are being shipped to the copy joint. That's fucking weird, huh? So, yeah, let's uh, freeze. They get busted, and then even Kobe's like, hey, Buttercup, we're pretty good. And Buttercup's like, boring, boring, boring lion. And <laughs> that's, that's essentially what's going on. We go back to Tony, though. He's still getting the shit kicked out of him. And then we go back over to <laughs> Kobe on the last page again. Actually, well, Tony just doesn't just get the shit kicked out of him. He has the opportunity to escape. And he thinks he's escaping. And then he gets the shit kicked out of him. So, tied back. Back again. Then we go back over to Kobe. And remember how he fucked his last boss? Fuck this one, too. And this time it's the boss laying in bed all petrified. <laughs> oh, man. That'll come into play in uh, Chapter 5 again, I believe. And that's chapter, uh, that's chapter three, though. Chapter four. This is where... <laughs> oh, man. Probably, I don't know. Maybe my favorite chapter? It's hard to say. There's a lot of olive in this one. Starts out, it's a butter sculpting competition. All of the greatest butter sculptors ever. And if you look in the background through all of these panels, you see some pretty cool, once again, like I said, lots of nods. Lots of nods. There's even a butter sculpture of Butters from South Park. It's fucking awesome. We got M- M- Mount Buttermore and Butterzilla and the HMS, HMS Butter Butterfor, <sighs> Taj Mahal and Butter. You get the point. It's it's all the butter. And we got a chocolate samurai. The samurai, though. This samurai is fucking dope. But there's a problem. Disqualified. Mr. Samurai, Chocolate Samurai Sculptor Herschel Brown. So, yeah, no, that's the guy that did it. Herschel Brown. He sculpted it, and he's he's like, oh, yeah, no, this thing's fucking dope. Like, even the sword's fully functional, and you see one of them like, this sword's fully functional? How do you get a fully functional chocolate sword? Well, he's pissed that he gets disqualified. He's like, there's butter and chocolate, and then like, yeah, but this is just, just butter, not butter and then some. Sorry. Well, he takes this sword, and he just... It is fully functional. He chops everybody the fuck up. They did. Well, that would naturally call for some food cups, right? FDA to the rescue. Not necessarily. It's actually just, uh, well, it's one FDA agent, but he's not working as FDA. He's with Savoy. So they're there just checking out the scene. And then we go back over to Olive. You realize she is not under, in captivity anymore. She made the deal with so boy, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll fucking, I'll train under, yeah, I'll, I'll work with you, I guess. Sure, why not? 
So she's back home getting harassed by her aunt. And I always picture just kind of like the Harry Potter under the stairs type of relationship between the two. But, yeah. Let me go back over to <laughs> Chu just to reiterate that he's still getting the shit kicked out of him and severely tortured and force-fed body parts of baseball players so he can 50 shades of gray all over everybody's face. Well, Olive sneaks out because it's training time with Savoy and uh, Valenzo. Valenzo? Valenzo. I was saying it right earlier. I've been drinking. It is the Cheers to Comics podcast. Of course I'm drinking. Well, we learn a bit more about Herschel Brown. Because Olive gets in the, the car and she's like, oh, what are we doing? It's like, chocolate. And you know, okay, oh yeah, Herschel Brown. That guy that just killed everybody with the chocolate sword. Well, Herschel Brown has this ability that I will never be able to pronounce. It's got all of the weird letters in it. Zaskolaska Perry. Nope. Zaskolaska X-O-C-O-S-C-A-L-P-E-R-E. He's able to sculpt chocolate, and only chocolate, to with such intricacy and exactness to the point where he's actually able to... Um, whatever he's mimicking becomes fully functional. Hence the fully functional samurai sword. Well, you see him carving out fucking M16. A fully functional chocolate gun? Imagine what this motherfucker can do. Uh, there will be a fully functional laser beam. Yes, that's a big part of this book. That's what's going on. We gotta stop this motherfucker. But first, try this chocolate milkshake, Olive. Uh, you, we gotta, you know, just uh, see what the, you know, make sure you're doing stuff right. Or, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. She takes a swig and she spits it in his face. She's like, there's blood in that, you fucker. She starts going crazy. She's like, why the fuck would you do that? It's fucked up. Fucking make me drink blood. And Savoy's like, oh, you took a drink before I could finish explaining. And then Valenzano's like, dude, check it out. We're here. And here just so happens to be the gun deal going on between Herschel, the chocolate guy, who has a chocolate laser beam. And he's doing a deal with the Russians. Well... That's kind of where the blood comes in, because if you've been reading this story, you know that there's this Russian vampire that's not a vampire, he's actually a cybopath, and vampires and blood and blah blah blah. Well, that doesn't necessarily have to do with the blood, as I originally thought. They'll explain the blood part just a little bit later, and it's, re- it's really weird, they throw a total curveball out there, but it makes sense when it's all said and done. Well, the, the chocolate laser deal goes poorly between the Russians and Brown, and he cuts off their hands with the chocolate sword, like he's just so fucking good at doing. But in the meantime, Savoy and Valenzano, their their whole inclination is like, we just want to arrest Brown. The Russians are going to kill him, so we're actually here to protect him. So when things go wrong, they're like, ah, attack, they jump in there, because obviously Brown is outnumbered, even though he can cut off hands with the chocolate sword. There's, you know, swords and guns, they just... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. Savoy jumps in, and then you see Olive jump in, and she grabs Brown, and she's like, Ah, run for cover! And then one of the Russians grabs the laser beam, and pew! And you see, but the, some he also gets stabbed in the back of, head, back of the head as well. But his final motion is pew! Laser beam cuts Brown in half, but 
Olive's like, she dodges. And how the fuck is this? What, what abilities does she have? Well, that is explained. As soon as it's all said and done, Savoy's like, if you woulda let me finish before you took a drink of the blood chocolate, I would have said that Cyberpaths not only have the ability to blah, 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 but they also have the ability to take on any abilities that the person that they have ingested may possess. And there wasn't just any blood in that coffee. There was the blood of the so-and-so guy who just so happens to be, or for lack of a better word, he was a badass. And that's how she was able to be a badass in this scenario. Mind blown, man. Fucking... <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. I very much enjoyed that. Very, very much. So then, you know, she goes home. Olive just goes home. And you get the aunt yelling again, like, Ah, dinner time, bitch! And blah, 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 blah. And she's like, bitch, I fucking got carry out. I've been doing my homework and shit. And she has the arm of Herschel Brown. She takes a nibble. She starts whittling chocolate knives. Confirmed. <laughs> Dude. Ah. This goddamn story is so fucking good. Olive is dope. Olive is super dope. Let's carry on to chapter five. You know how Kobe was banging his, uh, his boss? Well, she's into it all of a sudden. And, uh, fuck. The image. The image and the scars and the flappage and the corsets and the... Bleh. Bleh. Poor Kobe. <laughs> well, he's in it now. Round two. Meanwhile, Amelia's calling all over the place. She's like, fucking Tony's missing. Nobody wants to give her anything. And eventually it leads her to her boyfriend. Her ex-boyfriend, I mean. She's at work. Dan still works there, and Dan has Tony kidnapped. Oh, bum, bum, bum. You see where that's going? He's like, bitch, I quit. I got my book deal. I'm Oprah rich, motherfucker. And she's like, wait, hold on. I, uh, I'm gonna, what? And somehow something comes up where he, he's able to acknowledge that Tony's missing. And she's like, how the fuck did he know he's missing? I'm gonna follow that son of a bitch. Well, she follows him to a theatre. And it's all run down and abandoned, but there's a couple of bodyguards out there. And, you know, she just saw Dan go in there, so there's clearly stuff <laughs> happening. So... <laughs> Well, what's happening in there? Tony Chu is being auctioned off to Nazis and Satanists and Civil War <laughs> reenactors and anyone that could have a use for a cyberpath as a prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amelia makes her way in there and she grabs a bay and that, and you realize, or you know, from one of the the reenactors. And she's like, Dan, a truck. And she goes, and he fucking flips the bayonet. And he's like, it's plastic, bitch. Shit ain't real. I'm going to kill you, you stupid motherfucker. And just as she's going to, Tony's like, no. No. Not my girl, bro. I got this. And he winds up and he throws a baseball at Dan's head and knocks his fucking eyeball out. KO. Well, that wouldn't have made sense. If... Olive hadn't just determined that cyberpaths, not just her, she's not a special, I mean, she is a special type of cyberpath, but 
Savoy didn't necessarily say that only she has the ability to possess the abilities of those she consumes. Uh, I just, you know, and so, uh, just as Tony's getting ready to pass out, Amelia's like, how did you do that? And he's like, oh, World Series of blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the years. I don't, yeah. But <laughs> he, he has a lot of pitching ability. He could throw a motherfucking baseball. And he did. And he did. <laughs> Fuck. And essentially, that's that's pretty much where, where it kind of leads off. You know, Tony's back in the hospital. And the last page is summing up the relationship between Colby and his new uh, boss. After they got done banging a couple times, she's like, you know what, I'm going to grant you your, your wish. You're going to have a new partner. You don't have to have Buttercup the Lion anymore. I'm going to grant you the most badass motherfucking agent the USDA has ever had in the history of the USDA. Poyo bitch. Now. Hmm. That probably only, that definitely only means something to those who have been reading this book. Poyo killer cyborg robot chicken who fucks shit up. This volume of Chew has easily been my favorite, just because of Olive. Olive is dope. I still have faith in Savoy. I I, I look at Mason Savoy as more of a, an anti-hero than anything. I like Valenzano still playing the double agent. I'll kind of. I really like the fact that Appleby is hardly going to be in this anymore because he really just <sighs> nobody deserves that type of hate, hate, hate. And yeah, no, he he made J. Jonah Jameson look. I don't know. Soft. And that one, J. Jonah Jameson is not soft. Uh, you get what I'm saying. Guys, read Chew. Read all of Chew. I will be back soon with Volume 6. So, thank you for joining me on the Cheers to Comics podcast. You know where to listen. You know where to tune in. You know where to find me. If you have any suggestions for trade negotiations, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. You guys know how to use the internet. Just fucking type in Cheers to Comics. Brian Wayne. Whatever. You got it. Thank you so much. Cheers. Goodbye.